Praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the piney woods of northeast Texas in a little town called Queen City, Texas. Crossway Church, we're in the studio this morning studying the book of Galatians, the letter rather to the Galatian church and you and me. The letter that is part of the Word of God, that's to you and I, and I'm just excited about what we'll be talking about this morning uh, as the Lord has been able to bring and is still bringing His people back to their first love, back to faith and grace, back to faith in the cross alone of Jesus Christ and, and removing us from all the fads and gimmicks that man has produced throughout the centuries, and I'm thankful to be here this morning. If you are watching this morning, I don't know what avenue that you're watching us or what day it might be, but today is the May the 18th, 2018. It's our 27th session here in the book of Galatians, and we're in chapter 3. Our website is thecrosswaychurch.com, and our physical address is 610 Highway 59, Queen City, Texas, 75572. And again, we're in chapter 3 of Galatians. That's getting pretty close to halfway through, uh, being through the thing. There's only six chapters, and, and uh, it took us a year to get through Ephesians, so it'll probably take close to that uh, to get through Galatians. I don't know. Maybe the rapture will happen today, and then it'll be over, praise God. But uh, don't forget our YouTube channel, where everything is uploaded to, in case you're not watching through that. Uh, you can go there, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and all that we do here at Crossway Church is uploaded there. Our worship services, my Romans teaching, which there is as of today, 15 sessions. And uh, just go to my uh, YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, click on playlist, and all the playlists will come up. And, uh, and also you can watch live at the website or my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. And if you're not my friend, either on Curtis Hutchinson or Pastor Curtis, I have two Facebook pages, then avail yourself to that. Learn the Word of God as it is written in truth and not as man is trying to interpret it today. And one last thing before we get into the Word, the latest, uh, I believe it's nine, uh, preaching CD series here we did on the power of God's love. It's biblical teaching. If you love God's Word, you'll love this set. It's $25, or you can get any three of our sets for $60, and we'll be glad to mail it to you. Just send your money to that physical address, or go online at our website and hit the Donate button. We'll get it to you. A powerful little 62-page booklet, All God's Works Are Done in Truth. Uh, Psalms 33, 4, For the Word of the Lord is right, and all His works... All His works are done in truth. I guarantee you it will remove so much confusion from your mind and add, bring so much clarity to the Word of God. And I'm thankful for what the Lord has given us here. We are Bible believers here at Crossway Church. We don't care about all the other books written by men because God's Word is, is God Himself. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. His name is Jesus. So we here are Bible believers. I could care one less about any other book written on the planet unless it's some book showing me, pointing me to what the Bible says in its truthful context. And that means 
about Jesus because he's the truth. Amen. Uh, don't forget, uh, we also have a church app if you have a smartphone, Crossway Church, so you can, uh, with much easier access, watch us live, watch the messages archived there. And uh, one last thing I want to remind you, today's your day for a miracle, praise God. And we'll see that in the Word of the Lord here in just a few minutes in chapter 3. We'll see how miracles come today. I said that. We're going to see in the Bible today how miracles come. And there's a lot of people that need a miracle. There's a lot of people that need a healing. They need something from the Lord today that only He can do. We're going to see today the only avenue for miracles. And I like that. Hallelujah. I'm excited about that. Let's pray today. Father, we thank You for the opportunity to share Your Word. Lord, we thank You for Your Word is truth to us. Truth that's given us liberty, opened our eyes, justified us, brought forth this faith that we have, the working of the Spirit, the working of miracles. Everything that we need is because of the blood of Your Son Jesus for us at at Calvary. Lord, and I pray today that our eyes would be open to the truth of your word, that we would today accept your truth, and that in and of itself will cut the ties from all the false things that we've held so dear to that's just not been of you. I pray today that you would do a great and mighty work in my heart, the hearts of those who are here, and the hearts of all those that are listening online, no matter what day it is, it is today the day of our salvation. And we give you all the glory for what you're about to say and do on this great day. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Galatians chapter 3. I'm just going to read to you this morning. We'll roll through kind of a recap and just to cover some things highlighted here in chapter 3. Paul says, O foolish Galatians, who's bewitched you? That means uh, who's caused you to be in a place of being unwise that you should not obey the truth? Now, this first verse in chapter 3 is critical for the understanding of what we're about to teach today in this letter. So catch it. Don't miss it. Don't just be listening. Hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you today. O foolish Galatians, unwise Galatians, who's bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth crucified among you. Okay, let's stop for a minute. They had heard the gospel and believed it. And when they believe, the moment they believed, God counts us as obeyers of the truth. Not when you go do something. Mm-mm. When you hear and believe the gospel, you are obeying the truth. Amen. Let's move on. That's also found in another witness of the word in Romans chapter 6, verse 17, 18. So write that down. This only would I learn of you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? He's making a point here. They did not receive the Spirit based on something they did, but upon believing Christ and Him crucified. We just so powerfully believed it, it was as if they had seen it with their own eyes. That's what the Bible just taught us. This only would I learn of you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Again, Paul is reminding them God didn't move into your life and start changing things and give you the Spirit and and start working among you based on what you did, but what you believed. And what you believed was the message of the cross. That's what you believed. Verse 3, Are you so unwise? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit... 
Are you now made perfect by the flesh? And Paul refers here to, listen, don't forget that you began in the Spirit through your simple belief in Christ and Him crucified. That's what puts you in the Spirit. Don't think that you're going to continue from here on out with works of the flesh. It wasn't the works of the flesh that got you in. It won't be the works of the flesh that get you through and cause the Holy Spirit to do a work of perfection in you. You need to know that today. And I don't care what it is, even things in the Bible, without your faith in the cross, God will not honor your obedience to even what's written and you out there looking like you're doing it. Your faith must remain in the sacrifice of Christ. You've got to let all those false liars, false teachers, false prophets, and all those other things written that are contrary to the Bible go. And you don't just let them go, you accept truth, and truth overpowers all of that. They automatically get cut off. We don't have to stop believing that to believe this. All we have to do is start, start believing this, and we'll stop believing that. Amen? You can't believe both. Verse 4, have you suffered so many things in vain, if it yet be in vain? And he's reminding them, listen, when you got saved, when you believe this message, you begin to suffer for what you believed. Don't let that be in vain. Don't let that be in vain. Look, verse 5, he therefore that ministers to you the Spirit and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? This time he adds something. First time in verse 2, he said, did you receive the Spirit by the works of the Lord, by the hearing of faith? Here in verse 5, he says, he therefore that ministers to you the Spirit and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? These Christians in the Galatian church had not only received the Spirit of God upon being born again, but had begun to watch the Holy Spirit of God, experience the Spirit of God, even working miracles in their midst. And Paul is reminding them, look, you're being tempted to go back under law, a place that the Spirit of God was not received by you, will not work for you. He will not work for you. And he goes on and he emphasizes this more and more. Now, we need to hear this because you and I, it may not be circumcision, but it's all these new fads, the purpose-driven life, the government of 12, the, 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 the soaking, bathing, prayer things, and the walk of Emmaus, and all these things men write about in books, and, and all even fasting for, for, for deliverance, and all those things are unbiblical. There's only one object of faith God has given man, and that's the sacrifice. He made known the end from the beginning, so let us go back to the beginning and see God laid the foundation in the in the lamb slain from before the foundation of the world and then when man sinned remember God made known the end from the beginning God rushed into the garden and gave the message of the seed which was Christ Jesus Christ coming to crush the head of the enemy God made known the end from the beginning you better stick with what God made known in the beginning and was fulfilled on a hill called Calvary, anything else outside of that removes you, puts you under the law. Even if it's simple things like if I'll just say this three times, or I'll go to church, or I'll give tithes and offerings, or I'll read three chapters, anything, even the good things we should be doing, they can't, that, they are not 
places for us to put our faith. If we do, then our faith is not in the cross. Our faith is in what we're doing, and the Spirit of God no longer works. He does not work under law. We did not receive the Spirit of God by the works of our hands, and we will not experience His working at the work of our hands. And that's what Paul is telling them. Let me say it again. In that day, it was circumcision. Today, it could be a, new, a number of things. We don't think about the law of Moses. But we do have many laws that men write in books. And just think about this now. If we're not preaching the cross... We're not preaching the avenue of righteousness. And we'll see in the Scriptures today that it's only in the avenue of righteousness that the Spirit comes and the Spirit works miracles. And the Spirit does what He does in our midst through the avenue of righteousness. We'll see that in just a few minutes. He, therefore, that ministers to you the Spirit and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Paul's making a point here. He does it by the hearing of faith. How did the hearing of faith take place? At the preaching of the cross. Not the preaching of this or that using God's Word. God's Word, and we need to make this point right now, for many first-time viewers have not heard this. Our people just started hearing it, and we're going to hear it maybe for till the rapture. But every word that God has spoken, is all, all His words are in righteousness. If you have a pencil or a pen, write it down. It's Proverbs 8 and 8. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 8. Every word that God has ever spoken is in righteousness. It has to be. Because every word that He's spoken is concerning, to some degree, His Son, Jesus Christ. And faith can only come to us in the avenue of righteousness. Faith can only come in the avenue of righteousness. It can't come, it can't even be worked among us, except it be a work, a work of righteousness. Do you understand today that if your fruit is not fruit, of righteousness, it's not faith you're living by. It's not faith you're living by just because you're not doing that. The Bible says don't do it, and the Bible says do that, and you're doing it. If your faith is not in the sacrifice of Christ alone, you cannot live by faith. And the Bible teaches in the book of James that you're wishy-washy, you're unstable in all your ways, and you can't even expect to receive anything of the Lord. Why? Because it only comes by faith. Everything only comes by faith. There's not ever once in a while God might. It only comes by faith. Remember, God made known the end from the beginning. Cain would not give God what God required. God said, see you later. You're out of here. Now you'll be a vagabond and a wonder, but you've chosen that. I won't make a special something for you because... Because you rebel against me. You will get in my way, my avenue, my righteousness, or you will be exempt. But you will be the one exempting yourself. Amen. Brother Curtis. Okay. Then he, he begins to explain what he's talking about here in verse 6. Even as Abraham, what? Believed God. He did not work for it. Abram believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. What we just say. What did God show Abraham and give Abraham when he believed God? Righteousness. What came at Abram's believing God? The hearing of faith. Righteousness. He was accounted by God to be righteous. Hallelujah. That's powerful. 
And it's only as, listen, it's only as Abraham believed God's word as it is in righteousness. Because all his words are in righteousness. When God promised uh, Abram that his in his seed would come the promise. In his seed, all the nations would be blessed. That it was Abraham's faith in that seed, which was another name for the Redeemer coming. Remember, God made known the end from the beginning. Remember in the garden? At the fall of man in sin, God told the devil, the seed of the woman will crush your head and you will bruise his heel. In the garden, God was preaching his son. (laughs) We're still preaching his son. Amen. And we are now being taught by the Holy Spirit the words of God in righteousness so that the hearing of faith can continue and we can have the miracles we need when we need them. We can watch the Holy Spirit doing what He does because everything He does is by hearing of faith which is not only gives us a status of righteousness but also allows us now by faith in that same truth by the power of the Holy Spirit to experience the works of God, the miracles of God, everything, anything that we would need. The Lord has promised that because He gave His Son and didn't spare Him, He gave Him that with Him we might freely receive everything, all things with Him. So what is it you need today? If you'll, if you'll come back to the cross, yeah, it means you, that you'll have to uh, just let that go. Come back to the cross. Don't worry about what they think. You're hearing the Word of God today. The Holy Spirit's ministering to you today. Whatever it is you need is going to be found as you simply come back to Christ. Come back to faith and grace. Throw those books. Get a bonfire going in the backyard. Throw those books of Catholicism out there. Burn them. That's the only place they need to be. About two or three years ago, we were in Texarkana at the high rise one Saturday morning preaching the gospel, and a man jumped up and took off out of there. And typical for us, that means somebody's mad and got their feelings hurt and don't like the truth. But about 20 minutes later, he come walking back in, and I thought, oh, Lord, here he comes. There's going to be a big scene. But he had a big old Buddha statue. Y'all remember that? He had a big old Buddha statue, and he walked right over to the trash can and just threw it in the trash can. And I was going, glory to God. I went and got that thing out of the trash can after the meeting, man, and took a a picture. (laughs) I said, God got the victory. Faith came. And when he believed God, he he just said, I got to go get that thing. He left the meeting, went up to his apartment, got that thing, and brought it back there. And guess what? Those that believe in Christ are not ashamed, the Bible says. He, he, He didn't throw it in the trash in his apartment. He brought it to the meeting and said, I dumped it in the trash because those that believe, want everybody to know that they've been brought back to faith and grace. Hallelujah. As I said earlier, you don't have to start cutting everything off. All you got to do is believe in Christ and Him crucified alone, and the Holy Ghost will start cutting everything off. Hallelujah. That's good news. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Mm. Think about that. That's powerful. What do you have to do to get the status of being righteous before God? And you got to get, you got to be righteous to go to heaven. It's it's by believing. Here it is, in Christ and Him crucified. Verse one, not believing in all kind of other things. And so many millions and millions of people have this thought, and it's of Satan in their minds. Well, whatever I choose to believe, as long as I believe something, God will honor it. That's not true. 
God made known from the beginning what He would honor all the way through to the end. Jesus is Creator, He's Redeemer, and He will be your judge. So you better accept Him today as Lord of all through faith in what He did for you at Calvary. Hallelujah. And I want to say something this morning in this teaching about this avenue of righteousness. That's the only avenue God works in. He offers you His righteousness by, by speaking His words of righteousness about His Son who can become your Lord of righteousness if you accept Him by faith in what He did at Calvary. And God only moves in that avenue. God only works in that avenue. He's offering all those bound under law today a status of deliverance and freedom and justification if we'll place our faith in what His Son did at Calvary. He delivers us from under. He, he, he delivers us out from under the law where there's only a curse and condemnation and death. And He brings us under grace, which means He brings us under that which He has done and that which He will continue to do in our lives, but he will not work under law. Listen, he does not show up at the law, at our works. He does not show all those churches out there preaching law. God does not show up to deliver under law. And whatever kind of show they put on, all it is is a show of the flesh. If you listen, if it's not, if your faith is not in the cross, then you're, then what's coming to you from hearing God, seeing God's Word and hearing God's Word out of context is not faith, it's flesh. You can read God's Word, and when you're done reading it, flesh can come instead of faith. Unless we're hearing it, being taught it in its righteous context. Everything God has to us comes through a righteous context. Explain that. Well, it comes to us by faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. But us hearing has to be just like Abraham heard and just like we heard initially in God's Word as it is in righteousness. What does that mean? As it is pertaining to Christ and His work at the cross. And that is right here in our Bibles in chapter 3. Verse 1, and let's roll on this morning. And let me give you a couple of scriptures. Oh, back to Proverbs 8 and 8. All the words of God's mouth, a whole Bible is in righteousness. That means there is no righteousness outside of Christ and what He did at Calvary. Therefore, if your faith is in anything other, I don't care. If you think this is the most narrow-minded thing you've ever heard, you better just move on in and agree and get glad about it because that's just the way it is. That's why you've not been seeing the things you needed to see. That's why you have never felt the peace of God. That's why you need to be born again. And then after you're born again, you must stay in this same faith. That's why Paul would say on more than one occasion, examine yourself and make sure that you're in the faith. Not in the church house. Praise God for the church house, the congregation. But make sure you're in the faith. The faith that comes by hearing God's Word in its righteous context. Remember, what you believe, what you're, the only thing, the only object of faith God has given us to believe in is what His Son would do at Calvary. And if that's where our faith is, righteousness is bestowed upon us. We're robed in it. And now we can bear the fruits of it. Hmm. Outside of that, there will be no salvation, there will be no sanctification, because everything God does is done in a righteous avenue only. Only. And we'll see that 
be more powerful as we move on here. But Proverbs 8 and 8, make sure you write it down, put it on the refrigerator, put it on the rearview mirror, and tell yourself every day, and the Holy Spirit will be telling you too, that every word God has ever spoken is in righteousness. That means it pertains to Christ and what He did at Calvary. That means the entire entirety of God's Word must be seen through the sacrifice for true faith to come because it's the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave Himself for us that's going to come to give us the life initially or the life, Galatians 2.20, that we now live by. Hallelujah! Glory to God! Outside of the righteous avenue of God's Word, God's not working. Prove that, preacher. Well, all God's works are done in truth, Psalms 33, 4. All God's words, works are done in truth. Okay? Well, he who speaks truth shows forth righteousness, Proverbs 12, 17. You say, I've heard you say that a thousand times, I'm sick of it. Well, you hadn't got it yet if you're sick of it. Every time I say it, every time I think about it, it just brings joy to my heart because it's the Holy Spirit confirming that we are on the right path. We are on the right path. The devil will come. Your flesh will even rise up and try to tell you, you know what, there ain't many people hearing this, and most people don't like it. And you know what, you better re-examine. You better give this another thought. You know what, this is pretty narrow. Is this something somebody made up and you just jumped on the boat? You know, you'll hear voices, but let me tell you something. God will confirm His Word with His Word if you will stay in His Word in its righteous context. He's not going to show you anything outside of His righteous context. Amen. So all God's works are done in truth, and all God's words are in righteousness. So when we believe what God has said in its righteous context, then God can go to work. Because he that speaks truth shows forth the righteousness of God. Amen. Get that. So think about this. When we read and think about Proverbs twelve seventeen, he that speaks truth shows forth the righteousness of God, but a, but a, a, a false witness deceit. Again, that's Proverbs twelve seventeen. Make a note, write it down, highlight it in your Bible, and don't ever forget it. If somebody's not speaking truth, then righteousness is not going to be revealed. And if righteousness is not revealed, then your faith can't be legitimate, and God can't move in your life. I got a Bible. Anybody that don't believe it, what do they have to stand on? Some experience? Muslims have a move. The charismatics are out there moving all over. But I'm, I got a Bible. If you're not being moved by truth, you're not being moved by God. It's impossible. Think about it. God only works in truth. And we, and when we, and when we usually say Proverbs 12, 17, he that speaks truth shows forth the righteousness of God, we, our mind goes to preachers, false preachers who are up there preaching stuff that's not really the truth so righteousness can't be revealed. But think about this aspect of that. Jesus said when the spirit of truth comes, he will reveal the truth to you. So when he's revealing the truth to us, the Spirit of God, what is he revealing? The path of righteousness that he desires to lead us down. Because only in that path can we bear the fruits of his righteousness. This is good this morning. This is very good this morning. The Holy Spirit is going to speak the truth. That means He's going to reveal Jesus, who is the truth to us, in the Word of God. And He is going to, as He reveals the truth to us, it lights up the 
path. The Bible says, oh my goodness, the Bible says in Proverbs 4.18 that the path of the just shines more as the perfect day approaches. Think about that. Why is our path getting brighter to us? Because we are being led by the Spirit of truth and the path of righteousness that's revealed by the truth, and it's getting brighter. That's why God continually confirms and brings witness of His Word that you are on the right path. Because we will hear voices, the flesh, the devil, family members, voices from every direction that will try to get you to uh, uh, feel condemned because they all won't join you in your faith. I'm telling you, if your faith is in the cross, God did that for you, you're on the right track and you better just keep walking that narrow path and God's going to show you day by day that it gets brighter and brighter and brighter and it's another confirmation in the word in Daniel 12 3 that we just talked about on Wednesday night that those in the last days that are pointing people to righteousness are shining like the stars hallelujah we're shining like stars that's in the eyes of God now the people out there are going to condemn us oh they're just all this cross stuff and they're just all about death and they're just all about blood and they need to move on. Let me tell you something. The only way to move on with God is in by faith in the cross or you can't move on with God. If you got saved and somebody pulled you back under law, you hadn't moved forward since then. Your church services and your taking communion and your worship services, if your faith is not in the cross, you have wasted however many years that has been since then. Or, or days, months, weeks, hopefully not long, like most of us threw away years being dragged back under the law. You, well, you gotta do this if you want to move a God. You gotta do that if you want to move a God. And you got TV preachers out there preaching nothing but law. If you'll do these three things, then God God will. That's laws they lay out before you. Even if it's scriptural th three things they're telling you to do, God don't ever move based on your doing. He moves based on your faith. And that's what's written in chapter 3 of your Bible. Will you believe your Bible? Or do you think it's just wrong? I believe God's Word is flawless because God's Word is God. I accept it like it is, and because I do, I have joy and assurance in my heart that cannot be... Uh, Cannot you, you can't relate what you have to what I have if your faith is not in the cross. You can stand in my faith and face and say, you've got everything I've got, but when you lay on your pillow at night, you'll know something's missing. Fear will be there because fear has an active place in the heart of every person that does not have their faith in the cross. Fear has an active, moving, ongoing bondage there in the heart of every person who has their faith in something other than the cross. And you can't escape that. Fear's only cast out by perfect love. And perfect love ain't how you feel today about everybody. Glory to God. Listen, the perfect love of God was manifest at Calvary. And it only flows through that, that place of faith, the cross. And when we move it from there to words we speak, like Ken Copeland, or we move it to what we uh, think we have to go fast away, and now we're going to find deliverance, Jansen Franklin, 
or we're, or we're going to do all these things and then God's going to move. Let me tell you something. That is not how the Bible says that God showed up and it's not how the Bible says God moves. Hallelujah. I'm going to stick with the Bible. I'm going to go to bed with the peace of God and wake up with the peace of God and I'm going to have the power of God, the anointing, every time I stand to deliver His Word and every time I preach from this day forward, somebody's going to get healed. Somebody's going to get delivered from some bondage. Somebody's going to get a devil cast out. Somebody's going to come back on track because it's the truth and the anointing is the truth. It ain't my handkerchief and it ain't my shaking. The anointing is the truth and truth delivers and frees. Hallelujah. Truth mm, brings the hearing of faith. And as long as you'll keep hearing it and keep obeying it, means you keep your faith in the cross, then the Spirit of God will keep moving and keep perfecting that which He began. He will, he will perfect that until He comes for us, the Bible says. But He can't do it, Paul's teaching, if you go back under the law of doing. Instead of simple childlike faith in what Christ did at Calvary. Hallelujah. Man, the Holy Spirit's holding that clock up today for us. Time's not flying like it should be. It's not broke, is it? Praise God, we still got 20, 24 minutes. Hallelujah. That's good. We might get through with this portion today. Mm. He says in verse 7, Know ye therefore, everybody say therefore. Therefore means know ye because of what I just said. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith... He does, I'm talking to you, if your faith is legitimate, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, these Judaizers are not. These preachers and teachers of these fads and winds of dot, they are not. Anybody that's of the faith of something other than the cross, they may have been saved and they may be the children of God, but they have erred and gone another way. And you better be careful about that because you'll end up having shipwrecked faith and your soul be lost forever. Watch this. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. But notice, it's the faith that comes by hearing the message of the cross. Not just faith. Well, I read the Bible today and faith came. Nope, if your faith is not in the cross, it wasn't faith that came. Faith can't come outside of faith in the cross. The hearing of faith in chapter 3 where we are, the Bible explains how the hearing of faith even came in verse 1, at the preaching of Christ being crucified. Remember this and never forget it. The faith, the measure of faith, Romans 12, 3, that was given us upon our believing in Christ was the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave Himself for us. God didn't give you something different. The faith He lived by and the faith he, de he died by grace through faith is the faith and grace God is offering you. It's not a different faith and grace out here somewhere. It comes through the cross. Chapter 3 is revealing and teaching you that if you have ears to hear. If you don't have ears to hear the truth today in this teaching, then you will stay in your pretending, your make-believe, you're what some other person wrote under the influence of Satan. We have Bibles. We have the Word of God. And when you begin to hear voices that tell you, well, who interpreted? Whose interpretation is that? Listen, it, this what I'm reading has always been in the Bible. I mean, every interpretation, every 
whatever the translation of the Bible is going to say the same thing right here. Unless it's some satanic something they're calling the Bible that's just removed everything out of it. Even the NIV will reveal this. If your faith is not in Christ and Him crucified, even though it was at one time when you were saved, if you remove it from there to something you're doing, that's it. Remember, all God's works are done in truth. And this very same letter, we'll get to chapter uh, 5 here in a few years, but uh, you can remove yourself from Him. He won't leave you or forsake you. But you can grieve Him through faith in something other than the cross the next 60 years of your life. But there will be no working of miracles. And whatever you're calling miracles, it's not miracles of God. See, that's what some folk don't like. They do not like, and they'll say, well, you're putting God in a box now. No, I'm, I'm just standing on God's Word. I, listen, I'm not putting God in a box but, you, but God has a very narrow way in which He works. He didn't save you outside of faith in the cross. If, and that alone, my friend. If you think He did, you're still not saved. Jesus taught the way is so narrow that there's going to be few that find it. Who are the few that find it? Those that simply believe. Christ did it all. He did it all. And all I have to do, and Paul tells them, reminds them here, even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, what did he do? He believed and got righteousness. And last week, we really, I kind of probably made a mistake. Uh, I talked about, let's read some more and then I'll tell you. Verse 7, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same faith that Abraham had, the same are the children of Abraham. And the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith. How we justify it? Through faith. Faith in what? The same chapter tells us. Faith in the cross. Faith of Christ. And what he did at Calvary. Preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. But notice here in verse 8, at the end of it, it says that the gospel was preached unto Abraham so that faith could justify him. Why? Because he was an unbelieving heathen. Now, he had already heard God, and we shared this scripture last week. He heard God get up and get out of Ur, the Chaldees, and eventually they got up and they got out. But listen, at that point, he wasn't saved. He hadn't been accounted righteous before God yet. That was Genesis 12, 1 through 3. But when you look at it, Genesis, let's look back today at this Genesis 15. Here is where that Abram actually received the status of righteousness before God. The other is Genesis 12, 1. And maybe here's a thought this morning. Here's just a thought this morning for the Bible scholars. What if the first part, God convicted Abram and his family, saying, this is false. These idols, this is false. What if God convicted him there and got him up? Because sometimes you'll begin to see things ain't right. Even though you don't know really what is, you know that can't be. That's what happened to us 50 years ago. We, we didn't know what was right for sanctification, but we knew eventually we got to the point where God showed us that ain't right. 
And you can, and God can move in your life by showing you what ain't right if He's trying to get you to what is right. And how did God do that? He didn't come up and start sanctifying me. He come up and caused a whirlwind to come through there and a scattering took place so that He could divide. He could get people apart from each other that wouldn't good for each other because He knew somebody, me being one, somebody would eventually hear and believe the truth. But sanctification didn't start when I got up and got out of there. Because I was like Abraham. I got up and I got out, but I still didn't know what was right. I just knew that wasn't. And that could have been the case with Abraham. God began to stir his heart, showing him, how can this be right? And you know what? God can do that for lost people too. If Romans 1 is accurate, and I believe it is, that a lost person can even uh, know and clearly understand the Bible says to, to know and clearly understand the invisible things by looking at the visible things, then a lost man's got some kind of knowledge there before he's even saved. And a lost man can even say, that can't be right. Why did they build a statue and they're on the ground kissing on it? Lost people, some of them know that ain't right. So wherever you are today, God can be stirring your heart, letting you know where you're at. You may not know what is right, but you know what they're teaching is not right also. And you got to get up and move on that. And that might have been the case with Abram. We don't know. But God spoke to them and told them to get up and get out. Watch this, Genesis 15, 1 through 3, 1 through 6 rather, because here's where... God got Abram to the point and spoke to him. But notice as we read this, God was still stirring his heart. God was still moving and, 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 and doing things in his life to get him to a place where he'd believe. Because that's what God's trying to do for all of humanity. Get them to a place where they'll believe. They'll become a, a Christian. They'll, uh, they'll be saved, born again. And then they will have the path of righteousness the rest of their life if they will keep that faith. Watch this, Genesis chapter 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Well, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me you have given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And lo, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him. Here it is. Now notice, remember what God has told us in Proverbs, that every word that proceeds out of his mouth is in righteousness. So, and that's your whole Bible. That ain't just this little story. That's your whole Bible. And so when the word of the Lord came forth, saying, This shall not be your heir, but he that shall come forth out of your own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if you be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be, that seed which refers to the coming seed given as a promise in the Garden of Eden that would manifest on the cross as the, Jesus Christ, the seed of the woman. Watch this now. Verse 6, And he believed in the Lord, 
and he counted it to him for righteousness. What did he believe? He placed his faith in that coming seed. The same thing the Galatians had placed their faith in, except a more powerful uh, revealing of Christ as the Son of God, the Lamb of God, crucified evidently as even before them, as they believed the message of the seed had come in the person of Jesus Christ. And, and faith came, and the Spirit came, and began to minister to them salvation and sanctification. And, and miracles were even worked among them because of that faith. Our faith is in that place today. That's why I expect people to call me, email me, and say, while you were preaching, I accepted Christ. While you were preaching, the Lord touched my heart when I, when I came back to faith and grace. We were in the Philippines last year. And one man specifically who was an engineer in, the, in, the, in, a, in an area we were in, real smart man, and, uh, at the, and he had been in several of our services, and you just couldn't really read him. You couldn't tell what was going on. And, and the, right before we left to go home, the next day we had dinner that night, and he showed up. He just showed up in, the, in this place we were eating and uh, unexpectedly asked could he come. And they sent him a message and, and said, sure. And... Uh, People really looked up to this guy. He was like a leader, and he and he he'd been listening to Brother Swaggart on the internet, and and he didn't really he didn't really have it, but he was he knew it it it, it he couldn't refute it. But at the dinner table that night, sitting there at supper, he said, he said, you know what? I've tried the government of twelve, and I've tried this and I've tried that. But while you were preaching, while I've been listening to you preach, he said. It just clicked in my heart that this is right. This is it. And this is what he said. When I, when I confessed that to myself in my heart, the pain I'd had in my legs went away. See, God's waiting to work miracles in your life. He's waiting to work miracles in your life. He started an, an entire ministry here in this region, right here at Crossway Church, and has blessed and provided beyond my expectations even up to this point. But it's, it all came when the hearing of faith came. I'd been hearing God's Word out of context for years and ended up bankrupt. Ended up all those years just uh, being all about money and not about the true, the truth of God's Word. And I'm telling you, there's a storm coming in the lives of those that really love the Lord and they're not playing games, but they just don't know they're off course. There's a storm coming. It came to my life and it's coming to their lives because there has to come a storm. There has to come a storm. Something has to happen before we understand that we are not right. We are not right. If our faith is not in the cross, we are not right. And if we're not right about the object of our faith, then God can't perfect that which He began at our salvation. And the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faith. Faithful Abraham. 
For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. Do you see what he's doing here to the Galatians and hopefully to all that will ever tune in and find this message on the internet? What he's doing is he's going back and forth to what happens under the law, the, the bondage, the condemnation, the, the death that's there, the curse that's there. That's the only thing that happens under the law. And the law is you and me thinking that our faith has, has to be in anything other than the cross. We're back under law when that happens. If you think you've got to confess the Scripture today and confess it tomorrow, and there's nothing wrong with confessing Scripture. Don't, don't misinterpret what I'm saying. It's good for you to speak the Word of God. You need to hear yourself declaring the Word of God. But listen, your object of faith is not your voice. If you're somebody who's following the false teachers of today, and even that ministry is called the believer's voice of victory, the only voice of victory is that of the Holy Spirit. And He's only telling you about Jesus in the Word of God. Hallelujah. You need to understand that. Your voice is not your victory. There's nothing wrong with you declaring the Word. But when your faith, when you turn that into a ministry, when you turn that into an object of faith, that's it. And all the miracles that claim to be working there, and all the, the signs and wonders, you better hear me today, it ain't of God. Because I got a Bible right here telling me God don't work in that. Under the law is a curse. And God don't show up under the law and just work miracles and do all this stuff. And you say, well, He did under to the Old Testament, we're no longer in the Old Testament. What God did, listen, He ripped the veil from top to bottom saying, that's it, that's over. It's over. If you go back to that, I can't work. I worked in and I worked through that because it all pointed to my son. Types and shadows of the seed that would come and fulfill the law. Guess what? He's come and he's done that. So when you go back, you go back to a place that I no longer work. God says, because I did away with the first that I might establish the second. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's only condemnation and an absence of Christ under the law. You need to hear me. There's an absence of Christ under the law. The Bible says if their hearts won't turn to Christ and what He did at Calvary, there's a veil there because there's an absence of Him in their hearts. Their object of faith is what they're doing. That means their object of faith is not Christ in the cross. There are millions out there right now in churches that really believe their faith is in the cross. They hear ministers on television or radio or the internet preaching the cross and they say, well, my faith has always been in the cross. And yet they're reading the horoscope and they're trusting in that. They've got dream catchers and they're trusting in that. They're trusting in all these other books they're reading. If I'll do this, if I'll do that. And proves you saying your faith is in the cross doesn't mean it is. Because when your faith is in the cross, you're going to begin to share that message. You're going to begin to tell people. Let me tell you something about the people who have their faith in the cross. They're not ashamed of the gospel. Mm. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, because it is written, Cursed is everyone that continues not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. And you know, in the church, there's a big thing. You know, well, we're you know, we're we're not. Why do you keep talking about being under the law? We're we're not under the law. We're we're not trying to live by the Ten Commandments. We we know we don't have to be obedient to the Ten Commandments to be to be saved or or, or to live saved. But what about all the other laws? All the other laws that man has always been so good about making up. 
Even the the people of God in the Old Testament would add so much, even to the Sabbath that Jesus showed up and said, y'all done messed the Sabbath up, and I'm going to show you how bad you messed it up. Because, listen, you weren't created for the Sabbath. It was created for you. And Jesus is the fullness of that Sabbath. you got folks right now started whole denominations because they feel like the Sabbath is on a Saturday, and okay, I'll give them that. But guess what? They think if you don't worship on Saturday, you're going to hell. Well, it looks to me like their faith is in a certain day. And the Bible says, listen, don't let a man deceive you about any holy day, any kind of thing you're eating and all that, because Christ has finished and completed everything I need. So, see, it's people who won't look at the Word through the sacrifice of Christ, through the avenue of righteousness. They think they still have to do something on a certain day. They still have to say something in a certain way. They have to be baptized in water in a certain tank in a certain church. Listen, that's not seeing God's Word through its righteous context, which is through faith in Christ having finished all the work for us. And us now simply believing. Powerful, isn't it? Well, bless God, you have to do something. (laughs) Yes, you do. Believe. That's what this whole letter is written to the Galatians about. Keep believing what you started believing. If you stop, you limit and stop and grieve the Holy Spirit. You can keep going and acting like He's working in your midst, but it is no longer Him. I don't care what preachers come along and say, I got a Bible. I got a Bible. We'll finish this out and we'll cover some of it next week. But he tells these Galatians, and he's telling me and you today, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Who is it evident to? Those who turn to the truth in the Scriptures. Those who will believe the Scriptures, it's evident. Those who see the Scriptures and say, Yeah, but uh, you know my granddaddy now. Yeah, but you know our preacher. Yeah, but you know I feel. Yeah, well, you know what? You need to bring your senses back in the place where they're exercised by the word of righteousness, Hebrews chapter 5, or you're still considered a baby unskillful with the word of righteousness. Hebrews 5, read it. Think about that. You need to quit seeing the Scriptures through your preacher or your granddaddy. You need to see them through Christ in the sacrifice. Therefore, the Holy Spirit, because that's all He's trying to show you. I don't care what other people say. The Holy Spirit is trying to reveal to you and me daily the power of what Christ did at Calvary. The avenue of righteousness that came through Him. The avenue for us that faith and grace came. And it didn't just get here to us so that now we can turn grace into something else and a license to sin or a license to start up a whole work that's now the work of our hands instead of the work of the Holy Spirit. Do you understand why God rebuked the church in Ephesus in the second chapter of Revelations, I believe it is, uh, because he told them to get back to where they had fallen from their first love and from their first works. And, and you know what? If you, don't, if you don't walk in the truth, you, you'll not understand that. You'll not understand much anything. But he's telling them, to get back to their first love because they'd moved away, they'd moved the object of their faith from the sacrifice to what they were doing because all they were doing was still right. 
But God wasn't in it. You can be saying, okay, I'm going to do this right here today. And you know what? All day, you can do that right there, whatever that says. That don't mean God's in it. God's only in it if your faith is in what allows Him to be in it. Think about that. That's powerful. Now, I forgot where I was going. Y'all got me messed up up here. If my wife was here, she could help me. What was I saying? It's evident. Thank you. It's evident to those who are in the faith because those who are in the faith are the only ones who have eyes to see. It's evident. Remember what, remember what he said in verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently. Where does the evidence come into play for scriptures? Christ and Him crucified. Evidence. That's our evidence. Substance. What Faith is the... And the evidence of things not seen. And they, they weren't there watching Jesus crucified. But it became their evidence that He was the Messiah. And not only that, but the Spirit showed up and gave them even a greater evidence that the power was in the cross. Even worked miracles in their midst while they kept believing in Christ and the sacrifice. But but because they were moving away back under law, God loves them so much, He had to send somebody like a brother swagger in their day. An Apostle Paul. Who the one he gave the message of the cross, the revelation of the cross, who Brother Swaggart and me and other ministers today are just sharing that so God's people can come back from under law and walk in the place where the Scriptures are evidently the truth in which God works. Because, listen, if faith ain't real, if faith is not the faith of the Son of God that comes through your faith in the sacrifice of Christ, then you'll never have substance and you'll never have an assurance of the evidence that faith can truly bring. Praise the God. This is good stuff. We had to repent. We had to admit, God, I'm sorry. I preached your word out of context for many years. Many years. I hurt people. I hurt my family. Because all you can do under the law is hurt people. All you can do is hurt yourself. All you can do is pretend and make believe. All you can do is preach God's word out of context. And here it comes, Romans 1.18, that He is opposing. His wrath is revealed from heaven against those who hold His truth in unrighteousness. Well, who is it revealed to? Somebody's seeing it. Those who have their faith in the cross. Not for us to go and condemn and to judge and knock down and obnoxiously talk ugly about, but to do the same exact thing Paul did. Call them. Call them back to the cross. Call them back to faith and grace by preaching the truth that they knew upon their initial salvation. So it's been a great chapter. It's, well, we're not through with that. Chapter 3 is kind of long. But this little set. Let's go ahead and read this, verse 11 and 12, before we quit. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, that should speak volumes. That should speak volumes. It is evident because the Scriptures say the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Well, 
What kind of faith is that we live by? Paul would, has previously said in the last chapter, and he just got through telling them in this letter, the faith, the life we now live, we live by the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave himself for us. The faith that justifies is the faith we live by. The faith we live by is the faith that justifies. Outside of that faith, which means the cross, we don't live. We exist and maintain uh, in the flesh and just barely survive, only of the flesh. And as we brought out uh, Monday in our Romans teaching, Paul is writing to the church, saved, spirit-filled in Rome, and he says, I can't wait to get to you to preach the gospel. That proves 1 Corinthians 1.18 is not, you know, the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it's the power of God to us who are saved. That what Paul is writing in Rome, in Romans chapter 1, proves that that's not just talking about to get people saved. It is the power and the wisdom of God to us who are saved. He couldn't wait to get to the church in Rome to have fruit among them, he says. And he says... Because everything that is as is in me, I can't wait to preach the gospel to you. Because the power's in the gospel. If that's where we keep our faith, then we'll see miracles. We'll see the working of miracles, the gifts of healings. We'll hear tongues and interpretation. We'll see the moving of the Spirit of God in our midst. And there are folks that we know that need a miracle today. Come back to the cross and live. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this teaching today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the faith that comes upon hearing your word, God, as it is in truth. I thank you for stirring our hearts and stirring this region, stirring your church all over the earth, and for those that were here in this room, those that watch this today, and those that will watch it many days later. I pray your blessing would come, they would see and hear and know you as you are in truth and experience all that you have for them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. I love you. Till next week, stay determined. <laughs>